Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Today, I want to share about prioritizing life. And um, it may sound like a funny title, but most of us would realize that the world is busier than ever. It's faster than ever. Politics is faster than ever. Media is faster than ever. Everything is faster. Cars are faster. And, and it's just, everything's happening. Whether we like it or not, the world is speeding up. Sometimes we might just want to sort of take a break and slow everything down, but it will not slow down. The world is built to progress. The world is built to innovate. And everything about our world is to go forward and advance. And so in that pursuit, mankind tends to go faster. And most of you will remember um, when on long weekends like coming up now, all the shops would be totally closed. You couldn't get anything. Uh, And you'd have to plan ahead. I'm old enough to remember. You'd have to plan ahead and think, okay, Easter long weekend. All right, maybe some shops be open Saturday morning, but that's about it. So we've got to plan. We've got to buy everything, you know, do everything we need to do because everything's going to be shut. Well, now everything's open 24-7, isn't it? It's just busy, busy, busy. And, and so our brains are wired to always be taking in information, thinking, planning, spur of the moment. Um, and what I've realized is that we as believers have to intentionally prioritize Christ and the kingdom of God. Otherwise, we'll get churned into that cycle of life. This fast pace, this automated everything, instant information, everything. Um, and it's, I mean, I was shopping yesterday and I was a little interested to see who might be winning the football and and um, walking past and a guy's got the AFL on his phone while he's shopping. And I, so I just peered over his shoulder and saw the score. And I'm like, isn't it a weird day and age we live in now? I mean, it's just, you just, you're anywhere and there's everything accessible. And so there's a war on for your attention and my attention. There's a battle on for our priorities. And so we have to be intentional about prioritizing the kingdom of God in our lives so that He has kingship in our lives. Because if we don't prioritize it, what we don't go after, we don't get. And so it's one of those things, I believe we have to be intentional and have a a real think about sometimes, are we getting overtaken by life? Are we getting overtaken by the the amount of OTRs that are opening up on every single corner of every single street these days? I don't mind OTRs. I'm not protesting against them, but they're taking over the world, aren't they? Um, Anyway, so... What I want to do is I want to start by reading from Matthew 10, 39 in the message version. And it says, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look at me, you'll find both yourself and me. This is the Lord speaking to us in a busy, busy world saying, if all you do is look after yourself and do everything you can to make your money and build your career and be healthy and sane and everything else we try to do in this day and age, then you'll spend the rest of your life trying to attain to that. But if we look at Him first 
And we say, Father, what do you want in my life? What do you want in my situation? What does it look like for me to live in the kingdom first rather than the worldly kingdom first? What does that actually mean? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does my life look like when I'm running to the rhythm of heaven rather than to the rhythm of man? And if we look at that sort of stuff, he's actually promising here, if we will do that, then he will also bless us and look after us in the earthly things. And so often it's so easy to get that the wrong way around. I struggle with this every single day. The tractor won't start. I'll spend an hour trying to start the tractor rather than praying about it. Ever done that before? And uh, I know that's a very worldly, fleshly, earthly example there, but I'm sure many of you have done it. You know, you start, try to start the car or you, you, just something in life, it's just not working, you're kicking it, you're looking on the internet at ways to solve it and then you think, oh, maybe I'll pray about this. An hour and a half in, you've already pulled some hair out and a bit frustrated and you pray about it. Five minutes later, something begins to fall in place and it begins to happen. It's, it's the way our world is wired, isn't it? Again, because we have information at our fingertips. But we have heaven at our fingertips. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what scripture says. So we have heavenly things at our disposal, but sometimes we forget to use them. And so I believe this passage is reminding us, first we look to Him. Then out of that posture, out of that place, prioritizing Him, prioritizing the Father and our relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit, then He will actually look after us in all the other areas. So instead of worrying about all the other areas we worry about, we worry just about a relationship with Him. And then we say, all right, what do you want, Lord? What does it look like in this situation? I also believe that God is very practical. He doesn't just want to hover in heaven with all the fancy outfit and everything all spiritual that we imagine on the throne and just sort of every now and then send some earthquake, uh, you know, or, or do something really incredible and mighty he is so personal. He is so personal that He wants to get to you in the very small places, in those very small doubts and those fears and those insecurities. He wants to meet you. Even this week in some of those uncertain areas of your life, that's where He wants to be real. Not necessarily in the big things. Sometimes we look for the big prophetic words. We want to open our Bible and thunder to shake and lightning and an angel appear. And, and we just, when we wait for those moments and we, we can spend our life hanging on those moments and they may never happen because all the while God's been in the whisper. He's been in the whisper, just that gentle breeze saying, come on, why don't you do really well at your job? Why don't you speak positively about your boss instead of negatively? Why don't you actually uplift people around you and just begin to speak life? around you, wherever you are, tomorrow morning, Monday morning. I know it's tough on Monday mornings. It's the biggest spiritual battle day of the week, isn't it? Jonah's nodding. I know he's, he's, he's going to be feeling it, but he's going to bounce back and he's going to, you know, go for it. But it's in those little areas, isn't it? Heaven sometimes looks so tiny, so tiny, because it's got to be practical. Otherwise, we miss people. We're just quoting mantras and we're just doing things and it's going over everyone's head because God wants to be personal. There's two areas in this juggling of life and prioritizing of life that I want to look at today. And the first one is the temporal area, or you could say the earthly realm. The second one is the eternal area, which is eternity, heaven for most of us, hopefully all of us. Temporal 
and eternal. It's the two realms that we get an opportunity to operate in. In one realm, we have choices that will affect the other realm. In the temporal realm, what we do here and how we steward our lives and our spirits and our decisions affects the eternal realm. And that might sound funny, but let's read some scripture just to have a look at that. I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. I'm going to read in the um, New Living Translation, I think. And I'll, I'll read the whole, the whole parable just so we get the picture here. And this is Jesus' words to his disciples. And he says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He left them on his trip. Interesting note, according to their abilities. God gives us according to our abilities. He doesn't give us more or less. He gives us exactly what we are capable of handling. It's interesting. I often think of this. I wonder if the people who are going to get the best seats at the heavenly banquet, the feast next to Jesus will be people we just never heard of. Never heard of faithful, faithful people who did incredible things with the bit they got and no one ever knows about them. I mean, it's just, it'll be like God to do that, wouldn't it? The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. Good, good return. The servant with two bags, that's 100%, okay? The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. That's 100% as well. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who'd received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I've earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Verse 24. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came forward. Master, I knew you were a harsh man, investing, uh, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what they, little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into utter darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a really interesting parable, and many of us have heard this many, many times. So I just want to bring out a, 
an interesting point here about the temporal life and the eternal life. What we do with what we've been given here on earth matters for heaven. It matters. We'll read another passage in a moment about God's judgment and his rewards. If it's just a matter of salvation and it ends there and it doesn't matter what we do with the rest of our lives, then a lot of what we do in our lives doesn't really matter. God is a just heavenly father. He's a just heavenly father. And he actually, and there's lots of passages that we could go to in Revelation and other parts of Scripture where we can see that actually the Father desires to reward us for what we've done on earth. Now, we can go into a works mentality here, and so we need to be careful. But by not wanting to go into a works mentality and always pushing people into, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, because some religions believe you've got to do certain things to attain salvation. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about people who are already saved. So us who are already saved and believe, we actually then, I believe, are the ones that the master is looking at saying, I've invested in you. I've invested my word in you. You are good soil. You are really good soil. And I've given you something. And you can multiply your life, the kingdom of heaven in your life and in my life. We have a choice to multiply that and earn an investment for, the, for heaven, so to speak. Not monetary, but in any different ability that you have. Whatever he's given you, you can make a 100% return on it for the king. Just by doing the gifting that he's given you. Interestingly enough, the... Uh, the servant that put the talents in the ground, he wasn't willing to take risk. And this is so often what stops us as believers from doing greater things for the kingdom, is we don't want to take risk. And if you're like me, you might have taken a lot of risk in your life. And particularly financially, we've taken a lot of risk in our life. The first 10 years of our business Everything on the line, the house on the line, cars, everything we had went into business and we just risked everything. And I used to have older guys, sort of my age now, say to me, they used to come to my business and they would say to me, man, you're, you're just throwing everything on this thing. I mean, you're putting everything on the line. We were expanding, expanding. I'm just like, Man, I'm like, yeah, this is what we do. This is how you grow. This is naivety. This is, you know, when you, when you haven't been stabbed and shot and killed and all those sort, and the bank manager hasn't phoned you up yet to say, we're coming to get you. You know, you haven't had those phone calls yet. You're all lean and green and mean, aren't you? And that's what we're like in life. And we're like in spirituality sometimes when a passionate young believer comes up to you and say, oh, we're going to do a 24-7 prayer thing. And your older, wiser mind says, okay, let's see how long that lasts. <laughs> Ever had that feeling? There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes there's wisdom in that. But there's also wisdom in risk, heavenly risk, heavenly risk. When was the last time you took some heavenly risk. Put some skin in the game that you might have got a little bit out there. A little bit, I don't know, risky for heaven. Peter McHugh has a good saying that to stay open to the presence of God in a corporate setting in, in church, there's always got to be a little element of risk. It's dangerous. It's dangerous because things can get crazy. 
but just that little bit of risk. That could be measured risk. The, the servant here could have easily, like the words of the master, you could have put it in the bank and it's very, very low risk. At least you would have got a little bit of return. But in our lives, this is what stands out to me. The father loves it when we put something on the line and he calls it faith because it's not risk just blindly it's actually using that currency of heaven called faith and when we spend the currency of heaven called faith we can't lose because even if we look stupid we're using the currency of heaven so we're actually transacting in heavenly principles and so the father's saying well done Okay, maybe you tried to share the gospel with someone. They slapped you in the face. Good on you. Well done. You probably get a better reward than if they just gave you a hug because you got persecuted for it. But using that heavenly currency, you're going to be rewarded. There's a multiplication of the talents you've been given. And so it's actually easier than we think. Sometimes we think, oh, man, I've got to sell the house. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. No, start with the small things. And so many of you do this on a weekly basis. And and it's encouraging hearing those stories. It spurs one another on when you share a testimony of, hey, I, I did something this week and it was just amazing. Here's what I did and here's what I saw. And that's how we spur one another on, isn't it? And it's encouraging to hear. And this passage here, I believe, is an encouragement to us to always remember that our temporal decisions have an eternal effect. Our temporal de decisions have an eternal effect. And Let's keep reading just to see what Scripture says a little bit more. Well, an easy one is Galatians 6.6. 6. What we sow, we will also reap. And in our daily lives, I had an experience of this this week. I've been doing some renovations on our health retreat and been uh, painting some tiles, just changing the color on them and everything, and using a fairly highly toxic paint. And... Um, and so, don't worry, I wasn't as high as a kite on Friday, but, but this paint has a very strong fume, and I thought I was fine, I'm okay, I, you know, it's okay, and uh, Jeff had advised me it's fine, so he, I got his approval. Um, I'm just kidding. But um, he was probably looking at me with his respirator on going, what are you doing? Um, anyway, so, you know, spending a few hours doing this, and it was fine, I was okay. Lo and behold, that night, I'm all congested. And I can feel my throat itchy. And, and I'm talking to Karen. She's like, yeah, it's probably the toxins in that paint. And I'm like, yeah, it is because I've got fluey kind of symptoms, but not the flu. Um, and you can probably still hear it in the back of my throat now. And uh, anyway, so yesterday I spent the day detoxing. And I won't give you all the details, but, uh, you know, it end, it, lots of oxygen, lots of fresh air, lots of good stuff and then it ended with a apple cider vinegar and bicarb soda bath so there you go uh an hour as hot as you can take it of, of just trying to extract some of these toxins out of my body anyway what you sow you reap what you sow you reap sometimes we can see it sometimes we can't sometimes we think we're immune to it but we're not sometimes we feel it sometimes we don't what we sow we reap every area of our lives we are sowing something in our relationships, in our money, in our thinking, in what we're feeding ourselves with spiritually, in who we're hanging out with, what we're reading, what we're seeing. I saw a funny post this morning in Facebook by this highly spiritual person who said, if you're not feeling free enough, turn off your phone. 
And I thought, you're posting this on Facebook. Weird. Weird world we live in. How gurus pronounce things for every, effective for everyone else other than themselves. I love this person, but I thought it was a stupid post. I did. I'm, I'm sorry. What we sow, we reap. What are we sowing? Temporal or eternal? Now, I want to get to eternal because I think it's, it's, uh, it gets better from here, okay? 2 Corinthians 5.10, we got it up on, the, up on the screen. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. We've got to remember sometimes that when we are fighting causes, even be it political or social causes in the world, that ultimately, ultimately, we and our cause is not going to save the world. And I think this sometimes, and I'm all for supporting Christian causes and preaching the gospel and everything else. But the Bible is pretty clear that in the end days, things are going to get worse. I think generally, theologically, people agree on that. And there will be greater opposition to Christians and Christianity than ever before. Now, in some areas of the world, we can see that. But in other areas, maybe we're just warming up. And so we've got to expect this stuff. And there comes a point where we have to just sit back and go, God, you've got to do something because this isn't working. And we got, yes, we've got to support causes and, and we'll do that. But what this verse is saying is God is in control. And every person is going to face Jesus on that day, we often call it Judgment Day, not Arnold Schwarzenegger's Judgment Day, Jesus's Judgment Day, where He is going to look every person in the eye and say, did you believe in me? Did you live a life worthy of me? Did you use the talents that I gave you wisely? And He will actually judge every single person. He's going to separate them out, Revelation said, sheep and goats. He's going to separate us. And those who have followed Jesus, those who have listened to Him, those can, who can look Him in the eye and say, I wasn't perfect, Jesus, but by, by Your blood and by Your victory, I know I'm clean and I'm free. And those who can say that are going to live an eternal life in heaven. Those who cannot say that are going to live an eternal life in hell. Now, even this message, Christianity has PC police these days who are trying to soften down the message. They're trying to say there is no hell and everyone somehow unanimously is going to be just swept into heaven. Well, if that's the case, man, let's just go out and party and do whatever we like and just buy dirt bikes and just let's have a crazy time. I mean, that's utopia, isn't it, really? <laughs> What's the point then? What's the point? The point is that the Father in heaven sacrificed His one and only Son, that humankind, all of us, may discover a way to the Father that we're not worthy of through the blood and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no other way. There's no other God. There's no other channel. There's no slipping through on a politically correct agenda. There's, no, there's none of that matters in heaven. None of it matters. There's an eternal message that no one can dampen down. And it's John 10.10. 10. I have come that you may have life and life everlasting. No one comes to the Father but through Him. That's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He's the only way, the truth, and the life. 
And so it's, it's interesting that we, as modern day Christians, we have to sift through all the messages and all the Facebook posts telling us not to look on Facebook and posting things on Facebook. It's a little, it's a bugbear of mine today, okay? You ever get bugbears that you rave about all day and then you forget them tomorrow and think that was stupid? <laughs> but none of this stuff matters. None of it matters. Eternity matters. But here's the thing that, that I've realized, that actually God the Father is concerned with both the temporal and the eternal. And that's why when we look at verses like Matthew 25, 14, and then we couple it with my first verse in Matthew 10, 39, that said, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look at me, you'll find both yourself and me. What he's saying there is if you look to eternity first, you'll be blessed in eternity and in the temporal. You'll actually find fulfillment and satisfaction and opportunities in eternity with your salvation. And you'll actually find your purpose to life here on earth. It's one of the biggest points of confusion in the world today, in the Western world, is finding our purpose, finding our meaning for being here on this earth. And it's not all about just waiting for heaven and, you know, uh, waiting for when we keel over and meet Jesus. If, if that were the case, again, there's not a lot of point to our lives. But that's why when we look at the parable of the talents, God has given you and he's given me talents to use here on earth. Where we sow, we reap. What are we sowing? Who are we sowing into? What prayers are we sowing into? Are we using kingdom principles or earthly principles for every way we live? Or do we ask the Father for direction? And do we seek the direction of the Spirit? Do we live in the Spirit so that He actually gives us opportunities? And it's one of those things that's a daily thing. And I want to finish with this because I think that it's such a simple thing. So often we shoot for the stars in spiritual things and career things, maybe business things and I'm doing some business mentoring now and it's fascinating talking to entrepreneurs again because I class myself as an entrepreneur and now I'm looking at myself, my 30-year-old self, and I'm slapping my 30-year-old self saying, what were you doing? But So I'm talking to these guys now and, and they're just shooting for the stars. I mean, they're, they're vision statements. One vision statement of one is, I want to be the biggest particular type of company in Australia. And, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, that, 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 that is like, it, that's going to take a, an absolute miracle because, you know, in this bracket, okay, you know, he's turning over a couple of million dollars and, and the biggest company's turning over like a billion dollars. So, I mean, it's, it's a big statement. And so I said to him, hey, why don't you just, why don't you aim for the biggest in the state first before you go for the, so next time I went and saw him, he's changed the vision statement up on the, the whiteboard. But it's what we do sometimes spiritually, isn't it? Oh, I want to see revival and the kingdom come. And Lord, save our city. Save our city. And it's an amazing prayer and we want to keep praying it. But we have one person in the work cubicle who's an absolute pain in the rear end. And lo and behold, God has sent you on assignment to them. Because you're the only person who won't get offended by their profanity and their just stupidity. And they're crazy stories and, oh, what are you doing on the weekend? Oh, I'm getting drunk. What are you doing? I mean, it's such a boring story, isn't it? But, but you're, the, you're the one who can actually bring life and bring light into that situation. I suggest giving them a coffee first 
and just, just you know, just chill them out or something. Just put something in it. <laughs> but sometimes there's step one smack bang in our faces. We're going for step 10. Step one this week might just be one person who's getting all up in arms. They're getting the drama's overtaking them. And you're the voice of peace. You're the voice of reason. That's you using your talents. That's you using your gifting. You're bringing the kingdom into that situation saying, come on. My mum used to have a statement, don't get your knickers in a knot. It's probably not really relevant these days, is it? Or it's not really uh, politically correct to say that sort of thing. Obviously, you had much more polite mothers than I did. Surely, Jill, you've heard that statement before. Yes, yes. I, I'm just I'm, I need a bit of love right now. What does the kingdom of God look like for you this week? What does it look like to operate in that realm this week? Just in the small stuff, just the little stuff, those little relationships, those little decisions, financial decisions, those, that thinking, what are we feeding ourselves with? What are we dwelling on? What are we spending all our time consumed with? If it's all about ourselves, then God says you won't find anything. It's empty. It's empty because man is not God. Only God is God. So if all we're doing is striving and, and going after better, better self, better self, better self, better self, it's good, but we won't find it because we'll only find it when we find Him. So we find Him and then He shines His light on our life. And he said, now I'm going to show you what it looks like for you to flourish in the temporal realm. Now I'm going to flourish you in, on earth as well. You've been trying on your own steam, but I actually want to bless you because I believe that's the will of the Father that He will bless you and use you and call you and release you and give you opportunities, give you assignments, give you talents, give you things that you can be invested for the kingdom of heaven. And it's a great thought, isn't it? And no one misses out. No one misses out. That's a message that is real. No one misses out if they're obedient to the Father. If we've given our life to Jesus, then I believe He's got a calling and a gifting and appointments and assignments for you this week. This week. They might be little. They might be big. It doesn't really matter. But it's how we use them. See, what, what the principle here is, the person who had the five bags of talents and two bags of talents were both given exactly the same reward because it was a 100% return, wasn't it? it was they doubled their money, both of them. It didn't matter how much they got originally. It was all about what they did with what they had. So this message, I believe, is a challenge for both the temporal life and the eternal life. What we do here counts for what we do there. For both believers and non-believers, it's a little more harsh for non-believers. And that's why there's opportunities for us to share the gospel. And if people receive it or not, it doesn't really matter. We're spending our talents. So let me pray. You can sit down this morning. You don't even have to stand. Is that good? It's like gold class church, isn't it? I know, we're missing the drinks. The coffees are on their way. Popcorn will come soon. I mean, if you want seeker-friendly church, we'll just pop it. We'll just bring it.